So one of our listeners brought up something on the Facebook page that we failed to mention last week. What was it? Not a single person gets mad at David and Mary Margaret for recursing everyone again. Yeah. It's so weird because he was like, I was waiting for you guys to talk about this. And we didn't talk about it. Didn't even occur to me because I'm so used to David and Mary Margaret being little shits to everyone around them that this is just like par for the course. Yeah, seriously. That, that was the big bad thing Regina did. I guess if you're a good guy, you can do whatever you want and still be good. Holy shit, yeah. Again, this was the big bad thing Regina did, and this is for a problem that only affects their inner circle. Yeah, it's their baby. Good point, Ryan. Welcome to Welcome to Storybrook. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And this is chapter nine of book four, Sororicide, or... This is episode 20 of season three, Kansas. So this is basically the season finale. Oh yeah, this is wrapping up the main story of the season. This is where they fight the big bad and, spoiler alert, win. Except, spoiler alert, they don't really... Uh, no, 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 no. This is the episode where we bid a fond farewell to Zelina. And never, ever see her again. Gone. Gone from the show after this point. And so then the next two episodes of the season are going to be... Well, they're going to be setting up next season. But also kind of their own story. And kind of wrapping up Emma's story in a way, even though she wasn't really a main character this season. She wasn't. And what they do with the two episodes i sort of wish they did more in the show because it's a very standalone story yes it's it's a standalone story it's this very limited story and and we've seen this this is why they started doing half seasons because these story arcs are better the smaller they get right because the middle is terrible yeah yeah so. all right well let's jump into this where it's good because it's good at the end it's good at the beginning it's terrible in the middle it's got a strong finale that drags you back in for the next season. The once upon a time cycle. And yeah, we finally hit the... Uh, the end of this one. Uh, I was going to say we finally started the pattern that's going to continue until the end of the show. I feel like season two kind of had that as well. Well, I mean, we only had the one story arc and it got really good near the end, but then there were a bunch of postscript episodes. Oh yeah, I forgot how many postscript episodes there were in season two and we did it fairly recently. So this episode opens with intercuts between Snow giving birth and Rumple in his basement cell spinning straw into gold. And I just really love it when action scenes are intercut like that. I don't know why. So when Snow is at the hospital, you know, giving birth, I noticed that the everyone's still wearing the outfits from the curse, the curse outfits. Which, yeah, the old-timey hospital outfits. Yeah, the nurses are still dressed like it's the 1950s. Even after they've gotten all of their memories back and know everything that's going on. No one thought to, like... I mean, I guess maybe there's nowhere in Storybrooke where you can buy scrubs and you can't leave Storybrooke. But, I mean, let the nurses have a jeans day. But, no, no. See, they have to uh, be wearing these 50s, 40s outfits. Uh-huh. Uh, because when Storybrooke was set up, it was, of course, the 80s. So logically, it tracks that they're wearing outfits from at least four to five decades from before. 
Regina built Storybrooke for aesthetic purposes. It doesn't need to be functional. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because I'm going to repeat that line later on in this episode. Ooh, excellent. So they page Dr. Whale to help Mary Margaret give birth because he's the surgeon, but he's also a... He's the only doctor. I thought we established that's what he is. I mean, yes, he's a surgeon, but also he's the only doctor. Yeah. God, he must be, like, ungodly expensive. I have no idea how the economy of Storybrooke works, to be honest with you. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the basement, Zelina takes the gold that Rumple has spun and is like, spinning gold is how you clear your mind. So this gold is basically your mind or your brain. Get it? We're doing an Oz thing. And then she physically turns it into a brain in case you were confused. Yeah, that's kind of a stretch, but okay. Remember the really, really subtle moment in the pilot where the school child gave Mary Margaret a pear instead of an apple because she was really Snow White? And we were like, wow, this show is so subtly smart when it started. Yeah, we're not getting so much of that now. (sighs) Anyway. We go back to a flashback. After the title card, which is the Emerald City. We go back to Rumple going all Dumbledore at Regina and trying to teach her how to pop fireballs, which she seems, seems to be having difficulty with. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean she's, she's wearing the braids that signify that she's 16 hmm. in the flashback, so, you know. And For some reason, I always assumed that the fireballs would be easier than telekinesis because she almost never uses the telekinesis. Fireballs are like her go-to thing. I don't have an answer for you. And really, telekinesis seems like it would be a lot more useful than fireballs, but... She, like, never uses that. Yeah, and it was... I mean, granted, it was the first spell she did when she, you know, magically pushed her mom into the mirror, but... Eh. Whatever. And we see that Zelina is watching this training session in a magic mirror. And she's like, that looks fucking easy. And pops a fireball of her own. Like, a big one. Really easily. So she's right now mystically doing that thing where you go on Facebook and, like, follow your ex's new girlfriend. Yes, she's Facebook stalking. She's Facebook stalking Regina. That is accurate. Huh. That's... I was going to say that's not a good color on her, but... uh... Oh, why would you? (laughs) Anyway, so obviously what they want us to know is that Zelina is way, way more powerful than Regina. And this is the problem with long-running shows. They have to keep coming up with ways to raise the stakes, and it just starts to feel ridiculous. Like, Korra was the most powerful thing they had faced. And now there's this character we've never met before who's even more powerful than Korra. It's too much. It's Dragon Ball Z, or Supernatural. I was actually thinking about Ranma one half. It's every anime ever. You know, someone's the ultimate evil in the universe, and there's nothing more powerful than it until... The next thing, because the show needs to keep going. Anyway, after she pops her fireball, Glinda, the good witch, shows up to be like, Hey, come join our cult instead. Yeah, you could be jealous, or you could come join my sisterhood. Yeah, she says, come meet your real sisters. This could have been really nice. I just want to say how nice this could have been. You know how all season I've been talking about how Zelina is a story about what the patriarchy does to women? Yes. Yes, I do. This could have been a way for her to turn away from that. And it's not. 
Because you know what? These women are also terrible. It could have been a story. When she says, come meet your real sisters, I was like, this could have been a story about found family versus blood family and, you know, how you make your own unit when yours is toxic. And no, it's not. They're terrible. Let's keep going so we can talk about how terrible they are. Hate them. Well, I think that's a little foreshadowed with uh, Zelina being all, why do you want me to join your sisterhood? I'm super evil. Look, I turned the wizard into a monkey. And Glinda's like, eh, whatever. Okay, she's not evil. She's wicked. Wicked. You're correct. And Glinda has this thing where she's she's like, whatever. He doesn't know magic. People who don't know magic aren't real people. She refers to him as a charlatan who uses trickery, but... I mean, we talked about this before. He's not. He was really upfront about... He had magic! He was like, yeah, I collect magic items, and then I deal in them. There was no point where he lied about what he did, and he helped her do what she wanted to do, which was go find her sister. And when she wanted to travel back in time, he was like, that's not possible. It's a weird thing where they're making us, well, yeah, they're making us sympathetic towards Walsh by shit-talking him. Well, I mean, they're telling us what he, what, they're they're telling instead of showing. And, you know, we have eyes, so. Max, who are you going to believe, me or your lying eyes? But Glinda says, come to our sisterhood, and she leads Zelina off. Yeah, that'll go well, Zelina. Anyway, in the present, in the present, Zelina is talking with Rumple about how she plans to go back to the past and fix everything. Oh, good. This isn't confusing. She tells us what we already know, which is that she's going to use magic to make it so that Regina was never born and her mother never gave her away. And she's going to have everything Regina had because Regina's so fucking happy right now. Rumpel points out what we've been saying, which is like, he's like, your plan's not going to work. And she's like, oh, no, I can do the magic. And he's like, it's not the magic. It's you. You are a fucked up person. You have issues. And those issues aren't going to go away. You are never going to be happy because of you. And no amount of time travel shenanigans will fix that. I mean, I would argue that if she didn't have a fucked up childhood, she would probably be happier. And a more content person. Yeah, right? But it's not like Regina had a non-fucked up childhood. So, you know. And I don't even get how her plan's supposed to work. What is she going to do when she goes back in time to stop Cora from giving her up? I I think her plan is that she's going to kill Ava so that her mother will never be outed. And then she'll be raised as Leopold's daughter. Yeah, okay. Yeah, good luck with that. Okay. Well, I mean, it's fake medieval time. Their calendars are probably not super accurate. Their grasp of, you know, obstetrics is probably not super advanced. I'm just saying, when she gives birth to a redhead, there's probably going to be some questions. Oh, oh, they that's definitely that the the understanding of genetics is definitely not there. And remember, Cora has, like, no family that they know of. Ah, yeah, true. She could have... She could have come from a whole family of redheads. But Rumpel's right. Zelina's plan is terrible. She's not going to be happy. Yeah. Well, I mean, Zelina's plan is terrible because she's terrible. And she's going to always be terrible. Like, Rumpel would never have been satisfied with her, even if she was the only one. Also, he doesn't bring this up, 
But the whole reason that he didn't take her on as a protege in the first place is not because she wasn't enough. It's because she loved him too much, so he couldn't use her to cast the curse. That's probably not going to change. Yeah, it wasn't something that was wrong with her. It was that... Well, I mean, it was she was too thirsty. She was a thirsty witch. Well, luckily she's going to get some water in this episode. Oh, look at you. Alright, anyway, back to the episode. So, Emma and Regina are casting a protection spell around the hospital. A I... light protection spell. I have a question, though. Yeah? I know it's not like light magic, but why doesn't Emma use blood magic? She's not related to Zelina. Um, because Zelina's more powerful than blood magic? I don't know. It, yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't ever think about the way magic works in this too hard. Why doesn't anyone do anything differently? Because everything they're doing right now is completely useless. Spoiler alert, when Zelina shows up, she's going to walk through all of their defenses like wet tissue paper. Mm. So, whatever, this is all pointless. So, Regina wanders off to... I don't know what she's doing. She's wandering off somewhere, probably... Give, she's wandering off to give Emma and Hook some alone time so they can work through their issues. Yeah. And Emma tells Hook, she's like, get the fuck out of my way, I'm gonna go beat the shit out of Zelina. She's still mad at Hook for lying to her about the thing Zelina did where she cursed his lips so that when he kissed Emma, it would remove her magic. Because magic is powered by lesbian subtext, so it's... Weakness is heterosexuality? Yes, literally heterosexuality strips women of their magic in this show. I mean... We didn't write this, but it seems like we did. (laughs) They're not wrong. Hook is trailing after her because he's like, you can't fight Selena alone, even though she can and she did and she could have at literally any point in the season, but... Honestly, if she had fought Selena... Okay, number one. If she had fought Zelina alone earlier, we wouldn't be in this position. Zelina would just be gone. And number two, the thing that he's going to suggest is terrible. Well, it's not the thing he's going to suggest. It's the thing David's going to suggest. Because David uh, stops not helping his wife give birth to go not help his daughter defeat an evil witch. He offers to join her, but she's like, no, you're useless. Like, just stay here with Mary Margaret and you two can be useless together. And David's like, okay, fine take hook and she's like no he lied to me and david's like hey give him a break he was trying to protect you and she's like this is literally exactly what you did last season and we didn't put up with that shit then so no david's like but look at his sad puppy eyes and his pouty pouty lips yeah by the way emma just has her bitch level up this episode and it's awesome she's like He will literally not help at all. He will be a hindrance. And also, he is terrible in the exact way that you are terrible. What she basically says is, she basically says, Look, Superman doesn't bring kryptonite with him to a fight. Hook is the one thing that can strip me of my powers. Why should I bring him? What sense does that make? And David's like, he can be cannon fodder. David, no. No, David, no. Yeah, he's like, maybe she'll aim at him and you can... And Uh, Emma's like, you're not going to let this go until I let him come with me, right? Until I have him come with me, right? And David's like, yeah, pretty much. David's not going to be happy until Hook comes. Who's the 12-year-old now? (laughs) That's what you said. Just repeating your words. 
But Emma reluctantly agrees to bring Hook with her. And uh, and then she has her goodbye with Henry before she leaves. And oh my god, I've done a total 180 on Henry. Because he's like, you're going to win, Mom, because you fight bad guys. It's what you do. I believe in you. And I'm just like, this is the best kid ever. Yeah. Henry's supportive. He's, I don't know. He's, I was afraid that once he got his memories back, we were going to start hating Henry again. But... Well, I mean, give it time. Hmm. But, Let's see what happens. But in these episodes, he's like just this unwavering pillar of support. Yeah, he's exactly what he he's exactly what his moms need. And so Emma and Hook go off to fight Zelina, and then we come back from commercial to Henry looking at the classifieds page of presumably the Storybrooke Mirror to find an apartment for him and his mom to live in. He's looking at waterfront properties, and I was going to say, those must be really expensive, but who knows? It's Storybrooke. Do they even exist? Okay. Also, why are there houses for rent? How how does any of this... Why are there classifieds in Storybrooke? Like, it doesn't make any sense at all. So, who wrote up these classifieds? Here's the thing, Henry. Miss Ginger. Miss Ginger, watch. Oh, well, actually, what I was going to say is, Henry... This is a fake newspaper. None of these ads are real. Regina came up with all of these ads as a joke when she was planning the curse. There are no rooms for rent in Storybrooke. Yeah, we know that. That's why Emma had to uh, live with Mary Margaret in the first season. Yes. Because she literally couldn't find a place to stay. Also, also, Henry says that they need a place to stay because it's going to be crowded in the loft when the baby gets there. And I think that what really happened is that now that he has his memories back... He's remembering things that he was too young to realize what they were when they happened. And now he's like, holy shit, I nearly walked in on Mary Margaret and David having sex like a million times. And we were only here for like a month. I literally did walk in on them having sex once and I just didn't realize it. Because I was 10. Henry is looking for a place to stay. And Dr. Hopper, who actually knows the score for once, is like, um, maybe you should make sure with your mom that you're actually staying before you put in all this work. Which, I mean, honestly, Henry's being quiet and not bothering people, so... I know, leave him alone. But Henry says that they're home now, so of course they're going to stay, which I just realized is super important because Wizard of Oz. Oh, God, okay. Okay. Speaking of... Uh, Hook's haranguing Emma about staying in town, and Emma's like, no! Like, literally last episode, my son almost got murdered. You know how many times he almost got murdered when I was living in New York? Presumably not that often. But Hook rightly points out that part of the reason he didn't get murdered is because they didn't have their memories. And now that she has her memories, she's just as able to protect him here as in New York, and he doesn't say this, but flip side to that, she's just as likely to be tracked down by crazy witches in new york is here yeah i was gonna say at least people won't have magic powers in the real world except, except that doesn't apparently that apparently that's not true yeah so. everyone seems to be able to bring over their magic except rumple <laughs> anyway they're having this conversation in the middle of a field so they shouldn't be able to be snuck up on and but then zelena's there like hey maybe you should be paying less attention to yourselves and more attention to me she actually says that, which is weird because I thought Emma was Snow's daughter. 
Oh, I'm so glad you said that because I was thinking, okay, is Zelina secretly Ava's daughter? Because this is just like when Ava somehow managed to sneak up on Korra in that gazebo surrounded by nothing. I mean, we know everyone is related. Anyway, she's still pissed that Hook hasn't followed her unnecessarily complicated plan of getting Hook to kiss Emma so that Emma loses her powers. And Emma, instead of immediately whipping out the white magic and burning Zelina to a crisp, just lets her... Monologue? She lets her monologue, and then she lets her command Rumple to drown Hook? Yep. Well, they, well, not drown. We'll talk about that. Telekinetically hold him underwater. Yep. And... And she tells Emma, no matter how hard you try, you won't be able to free him so that we don't question it. Why Emma doesn't just rescue him from the water. Yeah, we saw her teleporting shit, like, last, you know, two episodes ago. Yep, not anymore, apparently. Could have just teleported the water out of the, like, it's in a bin. She's basically drowning him. He's basically being drowned in a tin basin. So, back in the Oz flashback, Glinda is bringing Zelina to the other witches, her witch sisters. Her witchsters. Yeah, I was I was thinking in my whisters. Witchsters. Sorceristers. Sorcerority. Ooh, I like that. Sorcerority. Sorcerority. Her sorcerority. Anyway, she she brings him to her witch sisters and is like, hey, we're heavy on the symbolism here, so you know, north, south, east, west, we each also have an emotional element. And right now, we only have a Triforce, so we're, you know, courage, love, and wisdom. We want to work on our quads. I was going for a Zelda thing. And I went for a gym thing. Okay, so Oz, right, Oz. So obviously, courage, intelligence, wisdom. So Zelina obviously wants to know, well then, what does the West represent? The seat in which I will sit. What What is my thing that I bring to the literal table? And they tell her it's innocence. innocence, which... Okay, if we're going with the Oz thing, that means that home stands for innocence. Uh... I don't like that. I don't... I, I guess I get it in the abstract, like... Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean... And it's especially it's especially a cruel thing to say to someone who was raised the way Zelina was. Yeah, where her home was an abusive, awful place. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I do want to point out, the other two witches don't have... Lines? Well, I mean, they have like a couple lines each. They don't have names. They do have a couple lines. Um, I want to point out that one of the witches is black only because all the other color related stuff is going to be really gross right now Mm. but they do have a like the white equaling good thing is going to be really gross but they do have a black woman being a witch so so she's the witch of the north she's the witch of the north and she's the witch of wisdom okay in a second we're going to talk about the the big book of everything Mm. and glinda has control of the big book of everything even though she represents love Shouldn't wisdom have the big book of everything? Yeah, you'd think that would be, uh, yeah. Also, Glinda is not love, because everything that's going to go down right now is terrible. Um, okay, so, I'm sorry, I got so distracted by the symbolism of this scene. Let's talk about what actually happens, which is that 
Glinda tells her that, you know, they're going to form four and it's going to be awesome and special. And I don't know, somehow make, she doesn't really talk about it making them more powerful, but I feel like that's implied. Oh, no, she says we're more powerful together. You get the impression that they kind of rule Oz. We were talking about it earlier as though Oz was ruled by this four... Pottery of women? And that sort of seems like what it is. I mean, she presents uh, she presents Selena with her land later in the episode. In a, very Lion King, in a very Lion King moment. Yeah, everything the sun touches in that direction is yours. I know. She's like, everything to the west is yours. And I'm like, well, if I was Selena, I would just move the furthest east I could and then turn west and be like, all <laughs> this is mine. I mean, right? Game the system, Selena. But we're not there yet. To join their little coven, Zelina has to stop being mad at Regina for no reason, which, you know what, is not bad advice. Literally, Glinda's like, to join our group, what you're going to need to do is, well, you're going to represent innocence, and... So you can't be envious. But... Zelina points out, she's like, I'm, like, the least innocent person ever, which... Wait, okay. really? No, no, not just not really. Not at all. At this point, Zelina has done, like... Nothing wrong. Well, I guess she did think she... She did think that she stabbed Regina, and then it turned out it was Rumpel. But you know what? She was really emotional. Like, she's done very little bad at this point. Attempted murder? Honestly, do they give the Nobel Prize for attempted chemistry? I'm just saying. Her going on like, oh, I'm the most wicked person. It's like, you know who she should hook up with? Hook. Yep. Ser- seriously. Like... You unsuccessfully stabbed one person and you turned a dude into a monkey for no reason. Like, Mary Margaret's done more evil stuff than that. Without feeling guilty about it. Yeah. Not just the stuff she feels guilty for, like killing Cora. Yeah, like, seriously, baby death pit. Get on Mary Margaret's level. But instead of telling her all of this, the other witches are like, well, we can make you good and stop being wicked. These aren't good accepting women who are going to help you overcome the damage the patriarchy has done to you. These are women with internalized misogyny who are going to slut shame you. I think that might be a bit of a stretch. I just... I think it's more... I think they're sort of just ignoring Zelina's emotions to use her to make themselves more powerful. That's not good either! No, it's not good either, but they're just like... She's like, I'm wicked, and they're like, eh, whatever. Innocence reclaimed is more is just as powerful as regular innocence, if not more powerful. I guess so. Actually, they might be manipulating her into thinking she's wicked, so that when she's innocent again, it would make them all stronger. Well, also, I think they're trying to manipulate her into thinking she's wicked, so that she can fulfill the prophecy of being the greatest evil, which she's definitely not right now. We'll talk about that when we get to it. <laughs> You're giving Glinda way too much credit. I just, you know what, I. It's my fault. It's my fault for wanting a good female positive story instead of this terrible story, which is going to put Selena in the position of not just not being redeemed, but actually becoming the worst, the worst character. Let me tell you, next season, I won't be arguing that Zelina's not wicked. I mean, I won't be arguing that because Zelina's dead and she's definitely going to stay dead forever. God, this show. So they tell her that she has to get over... Her jealousy thing with Regina if she wants to be good. They tell her that there's a prophecy that the one who will sit at the seat of the West will be brought to their land by... A a, cyclone. By a cyclone. 
and that she will dethrone the greatest evil. Well, they don't tell her that part. I'm pretty sure they do. No, no, I know they don't. I watched it twice in a row in the last two hours. Yeah, so they tell her that the person who's going to fulfill the prophecy will have been brought to Oz by a cyclone. And she's like, It me? I was brought to Oz by a cyclone. Erica, but that's my name. Okay, here's the thing about prophecies, Max. They're always wrong, and they always screw you up. Oh, yeah, they're... Prophecies are, like... No exceptions. Best case scenario, they're self-fulfilling. Like, best case scenario. So anyway, back in the present, Emma's finally able to free Hook from the water, but of course he's dead, and now she needs to go rat hole to rat hole with him to bring him back. Yep. She has to go rat hole to rat hole with him because, as we've learned recently, that's the most important part of CPR. Okay, that's not even that's not even recommended anymore. It's no, not I, even part of CPR anymore. I know. I don't think it was part of CPR when this episode came out. It definitely wasn't it's the chest compressions the chest compressions are the part that matters they don't even they don't even teach it anymore because most people when they were doing it okay if you tilt the head back far enough and you're actually blowing into the esophagus maybe you'll do something like maybe you'll breathe for them but most non-medically trained people are not going to do that correctly and you're just blowing into their mouth yeah so she's not even doing the part of cpr that works here's the thing though Zelina did this because she knew that it would result in Emma giving Hook incorrect CPR to revive him. So Zelina knows what CPR is. But not how to do it correctly. Oh my god. Wow. Yep. That's... It's funny the way we take for granted certain visual tropes in television like giving CPR... Without thinking about the fact that people from fake medieval past wouldn't even have a context for this. We just take as a given, oh, Emma's going to give him CPR and that's going to steal her magic, which, yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, the uh, gack that Zelina threw on his face lights up when she kisses him back to life. And suddenly her inconsistent, weird magic is gone. Gone forever. Bye, magic. Who will stop Zelina now? If only they had guns. Okay, to be fair, they actually do have guns in the final showdown, and they do shit. If only people knew how guns worked. If only people realized that you can shoot other people when they're monologuing. Yeah. There are so many parts I would just love when this, if the season ended just suddenly, like if someone had shot Selena when she went into Granny's and was monologuing, or if Regina had actually hit her with that knife she had thrown at her. That would have been amazing. Anyway... Back in the Oz flashback, Zelina is Facebook stalking her sister. And then she's like, you know what? Whatever. I'm over it. And then Glinda shows up in a puff of white smoke to be like, that's what I needed to hear. I'm like the blue fairy of this country. Yeah, except she's the white fairy. Anyway, she gives she gives Zelina a pendant. And she's explaining the pendant to her as she puts it on her neck. Yeah, she puts it on and she's like, guard it with your life because now all of your magic is contained in this pendant. Probably would have been a good thing to tell her before you put it on her. Although Zelina doesn't seem too upset about that. The pendant, as we discussed, is like the wand in Harry Potter, so it focuses your magic, but now you need it in order to perform magic. Yeah, she's now stronger than ever, but she has a massive weak spot right in the middle of her chest. 
Yep. Yep. It's weird how the Wicked Witch of the West stuff in the story is shoes, and in this TV show, it's jewelry. Mm, mm. Which is okay. I mean, it makes sense. It tracks. Anyway, Glinda's like, okay, now that you're good, you're also white again. Yeah, the greenness melts off Selena, and she's like, oh, I'm Rebecca Mater. She's like, oh, thank God I don't look different from other people. Now I'm beautiful again. No, it's really gross. It's really gross. Did Shrek teach us nothing? Yes. Shrek taught us literally nothing. Actually, Shrek taught us that uh, it's really easy to run a franchise into the ground. <laughs> I think that's the main thing we got out of Shrek. If you mock Disney long enough, you become Disney. Ooh. You either die a hero or live to see yourself become the villain. Is that the moral of Shrek? That's the moral of Shrek. Anyway, back in the present, Mary Margaret's giving birth. And... The electricity is flashing and... And Zelina is on her way and Dr. Whale's like, doesn't matter, this baby's coming out. And I've been watching a lot of Grey's Anatomy lately. Mm -hmm. This is a real common trope. Oh no, a major disaster is going on, but this woman is giving birth and there's no way to stop it. It's happening. Which, I, I know that's how birth works. What, but... I was going to say, that's not just Grey's Anatomy. I think that's like every TV show where anyone gives birth. It's a really common trope. Like, this disaster's happening, but also so is this birth, and there's nothing we can do about it. And I didn't think about it till now, but that trope is a reflection of, like, a fear of a certain type of femininity. Because it's, like, this female-coded thing that cannot be controlled, unlike most things that are female-coded, which we're taught to control. I was just thinking about how weird it is that the electricity is flicking on and off because that's what happened when Emma gave birth to Henry and the, these situations aren't really connected. Well, magic produces a high electromagnetic field. It causes technology to malfunction. Everyone knows that. Okay, so is this kid also going to be a savior? Because that's not what we've been given. It's not how saviors work according to the later savior mythology in the show, although as in all things, it's inconsistent. Okay, so my theory about this baby is that Mary Margaret and David were like, huh, being a savior's been really inconvenient for Emma, and now that we have a male child who we definitely love more than Emma, we want his life to be easier, so we're going to sever his fate without telling anyone. Oh, uh... And that all that happened off screen because that is very in character for David and Mary Margaret. Oh, yeah. So, Zelina walks into the hospital and Robin Hood and his merry men are the first line of defense. And she, like, looks at them hard and they fall over. And then, and then Belle is like, wait, my true love will save us. And Zelina rolls her eyes and Belle falls over. I mean. And then we see Regina shoving Henry and Dr. Uh, Hopper into a closet sense that she would tell Henry he needs to run and hide but that Dr. Hopper is like he also is useless so go hide with Henry well I think she's like meat shield giant ginger meat shield so Regina is like it's time for round two and Zelina's like uh have you not been paying attention I roll and Regina falls over which really makes the end of this episode not make a ton of sense if she could just do this but whatever well okay we'll talk about that when we get there but I don't I, d I think it makes more sense than you think it does. Anyway, we cut from that to the Lion King moment. Where Glinda is telling Zelina that everything the light touches in that direction belongs to her. And Zelina's like, huh, I think I could be happy. Crash. Yep, all of a sudden there's a cyclone. 
bringing this Kansas farm girl over. Okay, so this I think this lends the theory to my thing where it wasn't Zelina who brought herself to Oz that there's just some random green cyclone that's picking people up and bringing them to Oz for some reason. And I want to get the story behind that. Okay, I'm glad you want that story. I know we don't do the what this show should be instead segment anymore since this season is actually good. But I was thinking when we were watching this scene about what this show would have been like if it was Zelina's story, if Zelina was the protagonist instead of Regina. And if the bulk of the show took place between when Zelina finds out about her family and kind of the end of the flashback part of this episode. So basically the parts where Zelina is becoming a witch and then entering into her fight with Dorothy and all of that. Um, You know, where Dorothy was in the position that Snow White is in Regina's story. Mm. And I was thinking about how if that was this story and if that was what this show was, and if this podcast was Welcome to Oz instead of Welcome to Storybrooke, how much we would love Zelina and how much we would hate Dorothy. We would be like, oh my god, fuck you, Dorothy, all the time, the way we are with Snow. I'm just saying I really feel for Zelina. Okay, I can see that, because they run over to help Dorothy out of the remains of her house, and Glinda's like, oh my god, Zelina who? Look at this shiny new person to play with. It's not like this woman who I've just taken under my wing has serious abandonment issues. I'm going to spend all of this time fawning over Dorothy. Look, Selena, how great is your new replacement? Dorothy, this girl who also came by a cyclone. Oh, Oh, the thing that made Zelina special. Zelina, she's just like you, except younger and cuter and spunkier. And more innocent. She's like you if you were better in every way possible. Ugh. Yeah, Glinda's awful. Really, Glinda, for the person who embodies love? That's what I'm saying, right? You know what they should have had her be? They should have had her be courage. It would have made more sense, because at least, like, people can be assholes and courageous at the same time. Yeah, they could have been, she could have been a Cormac McClagan. Yes! How weird is it that uh, that guy that Snow slept with that one time is helping deliver her baby? I mean, is delivering her baby. Okay, my understanding is that when you're giving birth, you don't really care how many people are inspecting your private parts because they're stretched out beyond recognition and you're worried about other things. And I hope that's the case for Snow because... Well, because Dr. Wells not like, hey, last time I was in this position, you were having a lot more fun. (laughs) But yeah, Snow uh, successfully gives birth to a male baby so she can stop having babies now. Honestly, David is like so grossly excited that it's a boy. Yeah, he's like, it's a boy. Yeah, I'm actually going to love this one. David's like, this one counts. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, and, but they have a short happy moment before Selena. They literally have like three seconds of happiness. Okay, I love when Selena walks in and she like waves her hand at Dr. Whale. David Anders, <laughs> he does this great like twitchy thing and then falls over. It's, I kind of love it. I'm sort of disappointed more horrible stuff doesn't happen to him in iZombie where he has to take pratfalls. <laughs> because it's legitimately funny and he falls onto a couch that just happens to be in the room. You know, I didn't notice it because I was paying attention to David trying to draw a sword on a witch like he's learned nothing the past three years. Um, but yeah, David Anders with the physical comedy over there. You know what? I love him. He's great. 
But Zelina mystically freezes uh, David and Mary Margaret and bamps off with the baby. It was ridiculously easy for her to take that baby. Like, <laughs> it really was. It was insane. Anyway, back in Oz. They're laughing over, the witches are laughing over salad, except it's cookies? It's sugar cookies, yeah. They're laughing and feeding Dorothy sugar cookies. And they're all just so happy. And they're treating Dorothy like one of their family. And Zelina is literally hiding in the trees, watching them through the leaves. Like some sort of 90s movie spurned ex-girlfriend. It's it's getting a real swim fan up in here. Yeah, and then Glinda goes to find her and is like, hey, what's wrong? And Zelina's like, I'm worried she's taking my place. And you know, because if that way you have her literally sitting in my place. She took that, my chair. She's literally in my chair. And then Zelina tells her that she read the prophecy. And it turns out it's not just a chick from a cyclone. It's a chick from a cyclone who defeats the greatest evil. And she's like, you were just setting me up to be a big evil so that this new bitch could come kill me. Which is true. Yeah. And Glinda, to her anti-credit, doesn't (laughs) really deny this. She's like, no, you're not evil. Come on. We we had fun for like, like five minutes there. She's like, wait, no, let me explain how prophecies work. We have no idea what that shit means. Make your own destiny. Also, seriously, Selena, the, the prophecy is she will unseat the greatest evil the realm has ever known. The greatest evil? Really, Zelina? I mean, arguably it was you with, I guess, the wizard? Because you've done about as much evil shit as he did. Glinda's the greatest evil in this story. Oh my god! And she comes from... Wait, wait, okay. Zelina comes in a cyclone, and does literally unseat Glinda. Yeah. The greatest evil Oz has ever known. And Glinda ends out the scene by saying, she's like, no, you write your own destiny, and if you believe you're the greatest evil, then you are. Ugh, shut up, Glinda. She is the blue fairy of this alternate reality where Zelina is Regina. I mean, yeah, because... Zelina is Regina, and Dorothy, as we will see later, is apparently Snow. Well, I mean, she did a lot less wrong than Snow did. Mm. But Zelina brings the baby to her murder shack, and... And back in the hospital, everyone's unfrozen, I guess, but they're super sad about the baby being gone. And David rips off his hospital gown and grabs his sword, and it's supposed to be, like, macho and, like, brave. But it's hilarious. It just looks hilarious. Okay, I don't know if it's... I I might be reading too much into this, but I feel like David's hair continuity is not great in this episode. Huh. I meant to pay more attention when we were were re-watching it, but I really feel like his hair length has been pretty inconsistent. I guess it doesn't matter if he's just matching his wife, but... (laughs) Right. Um, so I will, I did notice that David's not having his courage has seemed to have zero effect on what's going on with his personality, right? Yeah, because he's like, okay, I'm going to go kick Selena's ass. And Regina's like, no, you won't because you suck at everything. Yep. Anyway, just as he's leaving, Emma and Hook come back and he's like, oh, good. The people who can do things. And Emma's like, nope, she took my magic. Regina's like, how? And Emma's like, that's not relevant. Let's not talk about that. 
If only someone else here had a power. If Does only it... someone else had a power that he could, he or she could make things happen by believing in them. Wait, doesn't Henry have the power of the truest believer? He has the heart of the truest believer. So when he believes things, they become true? Yeah. What does he believe right now? Well, he runs up to Regina and he says, wait, you can do light magic. And she's like, what? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I believe that you can do light magic. You did it when you gave and you did it. And she's like, when did I do light magic? And Emma said, when you gave Henry true love's kiss. And Regina says, uh, that's not magic. Mary, Margaret, and David can do it. Like anyone can do it. It's not magic. It's just a thing. But apparently only good people can feel love, Max. Did you not know that? Mm-hmm. Only good people can feel love. But Henry super believes in Tad Cooper here. He's like, I, I like you raised me. I know you. I love you. And I believe that you can do light magic. I believe in you. And it's this incredibly sweet moment. I know we're talking about it jokingly. But um, yeah, I teared up when I was watching it the first time. No lie. Of course, then Robin Hood comes and he's like, I know it's true, too. And Henry's like, excuse me, do you have magical belief powers? I'm talking here. So anyway, Henry says, I believe in you, and you need to believe in yourself, too. It's just, it's this great scene where, hey, look, it turns out that when you give people support, they can do stuff. Speaking of people not getting support, back in the Oz flashback... It's kid murder o'clock. Yeah, Zelina confronts Dorothy and is like, hey, I'm green again, bitch. And also, you're terrible, and you're the only person who can defeat me, the greatest evil in Oz. And then she tries to throw a fireball at Dorothy, and Dorothy throws water on her, and she melts in, like, a really... In an oddly graphic way. Right, it's a really graphic, um, it's a really graphic CGI effect. And, okay, I thought, when I watched this the first time, because obviously I knew she wasn't really melting, I thought the point of this was to steal Dorothy's innocence by making her think she had murdered. Wow, that would have been way better. (laughs) Because Dorothy's horrified. Like, the reason she threw water at Zelina is because she thought she was on fire. Which makes sense if you're from Kansas and you don't know that people can just pop fire into their hands. Well, I think she thought she was going to throw the fireball at her, which she was. And she was just trying to defend herself. Well, she says I was just trying to put the fire out. Right, right, right. Uh, I think it might be like a Wicked reference. Because remember in the book, that's how Dorothy... Yes, but in the book, Elphaba really is allergic to water. Yeah. Unlike in the stage play where... She's faking. It is a fake out as it is here. Anyway, Glinda shows up and Glinda's like, oh, oh, you, uh, you killed her with water. That makes perfect sense. Let's just move on from that. Neat. And I just love the idea that the entire Wizard of Oz story is just a bunch of people conspiring to fuck with Dorothy, which is kind of the plot of Wicked and probably why it's my favorite book. Yeah, it's... Everyone has an agenda for this girl. And Glinda's like, congratulations, you murdered someone. And Dorothy's like, can I go home? I think one of my favorite scenes in Wicked, the book, not the play, is after after Glinda gives her the shoes and sends her down the Albrecht Road, she has a conversation with Alphaba. And Alphaba's like, 
you fucking gave her my shoes. And she's like, she needed the shoes more than you did. She's like, you told her I was evil. And she's like, you are a heinous bitch. You know that. <laughs> and then everyone just kind of moves on with their lives. Well, except for Alphaba who dies because Dorothy is a murdering. Well, anyway. <laughs> so Dorothy wants to go home and Glinda says, of course, all you have to do is go down the yellow brick road. And I'm like, you can teleport. Come on. Well, this is part of the, this is part of the fucking with Dorothiness of it all. She needs, she needs Dorothy to feel like she went on a hero's journey. Hmm. But Selena reconstitutes herself. Foreshadowing? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I realized when I was watching through this episode, how much foreshadowing there is to the fact that Selena's not actually dead. Which it's nonsensical foreshadowing, but well, I mean, it's a shame. It's not the foreshadowing's not nonsensical. The plot point is nonsensical, which makes the foreshadowing worse because it feels like they didn't know what they were doing, but clearly they did. Yeah, I. Why is the story so bad if they knew what they were doing? Exactly. Like one of the reasons I'm upset with the later Zelina plotline, which doesn't happen because Zelina dies this episode. One of the reasons is because it felt like a really awkward retcon, but they're actually kind of setting it up here. So I think maybe they didn't know exactly how they were going to bring her back. They just wanted to leave the door open. Yeah. And maybe they should have made an actual return plan instead of what they do, which is nothing because she is dead forever and not coming back. Mm. So in her murder shack, Selena now has a... The seal of, what's it called? The one that turns you into a bringer. I don't know. In the basement of Sunnydale High. Oh, I, I don't remember what that's called. I never remember demon names. Yeah, she's got the seal that opens the Hellmouth. It really does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yep, she's got the seal and she's got, okay. It's got four points on it. Yeah, so she's got a she's got a she's got a glyph carved into stone with the four points. Okay, I mean it's not like it's a super uncommon grouping of elements, but the witches represented you know the four cardinal points, and they also each had a thing that they represented, right? Yeah, and not that we ever saw them do anything with those things, but hey, right? But represented here by the brain, the courage, the heart. And also, the thing that Zelina was missing, the baby, the innocence. Um, we were told a couple of episodes ago that these were always the ingredients for a time travel spell. But also, these just happen to be the symbols of the witches who have nothing to do with time travel. Just, right? I, okay, I had a different thing, which, yes, that is true and weird, but... Is eh, once upon a time, but my thing is, she talks about this specific baby. Oh my god! Are because you... well, she's like it's the product of true love. Although I think she says the truest love as a way to hand wave the fact that she could have just used Philip and Aurora's baby if all she needed was the product of true love. They definitely have true love. They we know that they do because Philip broke the sleeping curse on her. Well, I think I'm I'm going to I'm going to say I'm going to defend this. I'm not going to defend calling the baby the product of truest love because ugh, gag me. Um, but I am going to say that 
She specifically wanted Regina's heart. She specifically wanted David's courage. And and definitely she specifically wanted Rumpel's brain. He's the one who rejected her. So it's not so much that the baby mattered, but that all of these other elements mattered. But she's very specific about this baby because she could have done, well, I mean. Yeah, she could have taken Aurora's baby. But she couldn't have taken Aurora's baby and Rumpel's brain. No, she had Rumpel's brain. That was the thing she always had. Oh, right. She couldn't have taken Aurora's baby and Regina's heart. She's had Regina's heart for a few episodes now, and she's just had Aurora as a monkey. She could have... Oh, yeah. She could have just not... She. I forgot that Aurora and Philip came over in this curse. I was thinking they were still back in the Enchanted Forest. Yeah, they're monkeys. Yeah, this is all... This is all... <laughs> Whatever. She just wanted this baby for... <laughs> This baby has plot significant, Max. Everyone knows Aurora and Philip have no plot significance. If they did, this would be their show, and it should be. And it would be better. But she puts all of her stuff in her magic... I guess it's a magic circle. Circle, yeah. I was going to say square, because, you know, four points, but... No, it's definitely a circle. And they start barfing out their different colored magic. And it it gets real The Last Airbender here. Yeah, it definitely looks like Avatar The Last Airbender. Like, Avatar The Last Airbender means the fifth element. Except there's only four elements. Hmm. Well, the fifth element is time travel. Oh. (laughs) So the nominal good guys run up and wave their pointy objects at her. And the guns. And the guns. The gun. The gun. (laughs) Emma has a gun and no one else does. And Zelina's like, oh, Rumple, kill these people. And Emma just keeps holding the gun on them. Well, okay, so Emma's not willing to shoot Rumple because he's under her control. Shoot Zelina. I know, she never fires the gun, it's true. But Rumple recognizes that the gun is the most dangerous weapon and gets rid of that first. And- okay. So this scene is this weird combination of incredibly awesome acting and huge special effects fail. Oh my god, the flying monkeys come in to fight, and the CGI on them is terrible. I don't know what happened. The, the CGI is so bad. Oh, but luckily David and... Uh, and Robin Hood. Remember that these are their friends now. And they're like, remember, these are our friends. Don't kill them like all those flying monkeys we killed last episode. Right? What the heck? Anyway, Zelina and Regina are having their fight off to the side, and Zelina's like, yeah, I beat you twice, why are you still here? And Regina's like, I have light magic now, bitch, because I have a son who loves me and believes in me. Yeah, it's this great bit where uh, Zelina's, like, holding her up in the air and crushing her, and she's like, the only thing that can defeat me is light magic, and you don't have it. You're a villain, and you're always going to be a villain. I tried to be good once, and it didn't work out. And Regina's like, yeah, but I'm not like you. I get character development. I'm well acted. And you know what else? I write my own destiny, motherfucker. Yes, very nice contrast between Regina proclaiming that she writes her own destiny and Zelina feeling like she's going to be the greatest evil Oz has ever faced because it's written in a fucking book. And Regina glows with light magic and knocks Zelina on her ass strides over to her like the queen that she is, rips off the amulet, and crushes it. God, I love Regina. Have we mentioned that? We don't... You know what? We don't say it enough. Yeah, Regina's amazing. 
And the thing is, this is an awesome scene, but her hanging in midair and her shooting these weird light balls at Zelina looks terrible. It's like some of the worst special effects work we've seen in this show. Thank God we have Lana Puria because otherwise... No, her acting carries it. Like, it's this moment that looks on its face totally ridiculous. Like, if you listen to it without dialogue, it looks so stupid. But, my God, she makes it amazing. It's this moment where she's reclaiming agency and she's just... It, it's amazing. I, I love, I love so much. Yes. Well, okay, so because of Lana Perea, this is why you love it, which makes sense, then... You know, now that Z- now that Zelina is defeated and prone and has no more magic, she's like, I guess now you're going to kill me and Rumpel's going to torture me because he doesn't like being controlled forever. And Regina uses the dagger to stop Rumpel from torturing Zelina and says, good magic doesn't exact revenge. Now, if any other character said that, I would be like, shut the fuck up. But when Lana Puria says it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's right. You listen to Regina. And and then she, you know, explains, look, I'm good now. And that means behaving a certain way. And Zelina's like, oh, you're good now. And she's like, today I am. Yeah. That's right, you are. God. Oh, and also David nearly cuts Little John in half, but he turns into a human just... Just before it's about to slice off Little John's head. All right, wrapping up the past story. Glinda gets to Oz with Dorothy in a trip that was surely less adventurous in this show than it is in the wizard of oz Mm. and she brings her yeah she brings her to the wizard who she was shit talking earlier but i guess he's good enough to send dorothy home well and also he's presumably not going to be a flying monkey anymore because now that zelina's dead all of her spells will have reverted oh yeah we forgot to mention that earlier but she does say as soon as zelina dies all of her spells revert which continuity errors. Well, also, that's like a bullshit magic thing. To be like, oh, you just kill the wielder of the magic and the magic stops. Bullshit. Then magic is meaningless because we all die. Yeah, you can't curse someone forever. And that would mean that if Regina died, the curse would be undone. And we know that the curse can't be... Just whatever. Anyway, it's the moment from Wizard of Oz, you know. The wizard gives her the shoes and tells her to click her heels three times and think of home and she'll be back home. So Rumpel definitely could have gone to the land without magic with these shoes. Yes, absolutely. The question is if he could have kept his magic when he got to the land without magic. Which apparently not, because he's the one person who loses his magic in the land without magic. Whatever. Anyway, the wizard is like, use these shoes to go home and never leave home again. And Dorothy bamps out. And surprise, surprise, it wasn't actually the wizard, it was Zelina. Yeah. And Glinda's, like, genuinely shocked. Like, you thought that Selena was taken out by a bucket of water? Why? Well, at least we know that she's not, in fact, the element of wisdom. <laughs> Jesus, Glinda. I wish Put we your got... shit together. I wish we got resolution on what happened with the other witches. Yeah. But hey, hey, Death Clock didn't go off. Well, feel- we didn't see it go off on screen, so I'm declaring that the Wicked Witch, or the non-Wicked Witch of the uh, North is fine and lived happily ever after. Yes, although I do have to say I think the Death Clock only- oh, you know what, never mind. I was going to say the Death Clock doesn't start until you get an actual line, but then I remember the the fairy godmother in Cinderella. Did she get a line? 
Uh, she did. She got one line. Okay, I think the death clock doesn't start until you get a line. Okay, so she's safe by virtue of not getting any lines. Yes. Like Rapunzel's parents. So Zelina's like, yeah, not dead. It turns out water isn't deadly. Who knew? And uh, Glinda's like, I guess I have to fight you now. And Zelina's like, yeah, okay, no. And bamps her to uh, that earlier episode. The the, The Narnia Winter Kingdom we saw her in earlier. Yeah. Yeah, Glinda's like, I will make it my mission to take you down. And Selena's like, how about no? So. And then her pendant, because magic recognizes aesthetics, turns green. Oh, yeah. The pendant's been white the whole time, but now it's green. Yep. Because white is coded good. And green is coded evil. Boy, if if any light magic person had apparently tried to stop Selena, they probably could have done it. Yeah. I mean... We literally don't see any light magic people raising a hand against her. Emma did, like, the burning thing, but she didn't do the light ray thing we know she could do. And when Regina did it, the first time she ever did light magic, it immediately defeated Zelina, so. Yeah, I think that's the problem with having a character who is so powerful, who has, like, one really obvious weakness, and that weakness just knocked its... It's ridiculous that this weakness would be such a weakness when they're so powerful in every other way. But anyway, it's okay. It's what defeated Zelina. And she is... She's in the one jail cell in town. And Regina goes to talk to her to try one more time to convince her that no, she doesn't want to go back in time and give herself an even more abusive childhood. And Zelina's just not buying it. Yeah, and Regina's like, I'm not going to kill you. You don't have powers anymore, so it's kind of pointless. Like, I'm going to try to help you. And Zelina's like, because you think you're a good person? And Regina's like, no, because I wish that... I wish when I was in a bad place, I had someone looking out for me. And I didn't. She's like, you don't have to be evil, you know. That's like... If a dog tells me that you committed murder, I won't believe him. Aw, you don't have to be evil just because some bitch showed you in a book that you're going to be evil. If you do turn evil, I am going to crush your heart. Oh man, if only there was a spell that would allow your heart to be uncrushable. Oh, I said that she broke uh, Zelina's pendant, but she didn't. She's... Oh, did you say she broke it? No, she just... No, yeah, she didn't break Zelina's pendant, which would be the smart thing to do. Yeah, she's just carrying it around. Yeah, she's going to hide it in her vault. That's good. Yeah, I'm going to put this pendant in the unguarded place where all of my important stuff is. I'm going to put it in my memory chest. Her memory chest, which, by the way, once closed, kind of looks like a um, a leather-bound book. I like that. Well, I think it looks like those heart boxes she used to keep hearts in. It does kind of look like a heart box, too, which makes sense because for Zelina, the pendant is way more important than the heart. Mm. Anyway, back in Rumpel's shop... All the Rumbell shippers can get super excited that Rumble and Belle are, like, together and happy and, oh, you believed in me and, oh, they're going to get married. and Yeah, he proposes to her basically by giving her his dagger and she's like, no, I trust you and I believe in you and uh, you're free, genie. And he's like, yeah, but I'm not free because I'm going to shackle myself to you with holy matrimony. Here's my dagger. Shackle? Yeah. His words, not mine. He didn't say that. Okay, my words. Really? He gave her a mystical item that controls him magically. I know, I'm just saying. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's an awful misogynistic thing. You should like the person you're marrying, and you probably shouldn't give them the thing that mystically controls you. 
I feel like that kind of unbalances a relationship. It's true. Do you have a thing that mystically controls you? Not to my knowledge. Okay. See, I don't want to say no, because (laughs) then it'll show up and I'll have to deal with that. But not to my knowledge. Do you have a thing that mystically controls you? Not to my knowledge. Mm. Anyway, um, yeah, he gives her the dagger. Gives her the dagger. Put a pin in that. Mm. Yeah. Put a pin in that for like a second. I do like that Regina gave the dagger to uh, Belle. I like that Regina gave the dagger to Belle instead of to Rumple. Yeah, because she's like, Regina gave it to me so that I could get over the whole her locking me in an insane asylum thing. Yeah. And also because she thought I wouldn't abuse its power. And then they, you know, do the passing it back and forth thing. And he gives her the totally real dagger as a sign of trust and fairy dust and whatever kitten teeth and whatnot. I'm going to pull that pin out real quick before we actually even get to it. Yeah. Obviously what we're hinting at, obviously what's going to be revealed in the next scene is that the is that he somehow swapped it out underneath her eyes and gave her a fake dagger so that he has the real dagger. She thinks she has control over him, but he still has the real dagger. So two real quick questions about that. Mm-hmm. He just was carrying around a replica of the dagger that controls him in case this situation came up. Okay. Uh, You've seen Rick and Steve, the happiest gay couple uh, on Earth? I haven't seen it. Oh. Okay, so there's this scene where they're in this... They're in this underground network of caves beneath their hometown. And there's a giant stone door that they need to get past. Okay. Because they're trying to find their way out. And it says, uh, To open door, insert uh, original declaration of independence. And Rick says... Darn it, I only carry a copy. <laughs> that just reminded me of that. <laughs> okay. All Go right. on. Okay, so the dagger controls him, yes. But you know what else it does? It summons him. And I feel like he's not calculating this very well, because what if Belle is in danger and she needs his help, and she's like, oh, wait, I can summon him, and then he'll help me, and it's not really the same as controlling him. And then she holds up this cheap piece of plastic that he gave her, and it's like, rumple, and he doesn't show up, because why would he? Because he doesn't know. Well, remember, you also summon him by saying his name. Does that just summon him? Yeah. Okay. That's how Regina did it. And then she's like, that's a stupid sounding name. And he appeared behind her and he was like, I don't say your name's stupid. Yeah, but he was like, he was like, that didn't magically summon him. He was spying on her waiting for the moment to to appear. Just like Tony Wonder. (laughs) He's probably got some mystic bullshit. All right. So. Or maybe the fake dagger's enchanted so he can hear his name and someone. I don't get why he get well I mean I get it but he really didn't need to give her the fake he could have just kept the <laughs> she gave it to him yeah. this whole thing was for nothing and it's gonna cause so much trouble but she's like before the scene ends like she accepts his proposal with the dagger and she's like we can get married but uh don't kill Zelina cause and he's like okay yeah. I absolutely am not gonna kill Zelina in the very next scene It's not like I'm the person who kills all of the big bads in this show. So David returns to the hospital holding the baby and Mary Margaret wakes up and she seems super jazzed to see him. And I'm like, did nobody call Mary Margaret and tell her that they got the baby back? Because she seems pretty surprised that. I think this I think the way it went down was Dr. Whale said, look, 
You know your family are heroes who don't have to face consequences, so they're not going to die, which means that you're going to have to deal with them for, like, the next 18 years. So maybe get some rest now while they're at the fight. And Mary Margaret was like, that all makes very logical sense, and she went to sleep. Uh, But Snell and David have their new baby now, so they can proceed to forget that Emma ever existed. Yep. And she's watching them. And she's happy, I guess. And... Hook comes up and is like, hey, you're happy. How about we, like, have a relationship now? Yeah, thanks for not letting me drown. Did you get your magic back? And she's like, uh, no. Well, she says... Sure didn't. She says, I don't need magic because I'm going back to New York. Although magic would be super useful in New York. Just saying. And it's a a really obvious lie when he asks her if she has her magic back and she says no. It's like... Mm, yeah yeah come on but she's obviously just saying it because she's going back to new york and blah 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 well okay so she says she's going back to new york but she pivots really quickly from i'm getting out of here none of this matters to henry come meet your family your new family now that you have another uncle and like she really is pushing him hard towards this family that she's going to take him away from forever and ever since they're going to forget everything when they cross the town line Oh, no, that's not a thing. They'll just be turned into monkeys. No, that's not a thing anymore. Selena's gone. Are they Are they still going to forget stuff when they go over the town line? I don't feel like they ever fixed that problem. Yeah, they... there's definitely not going to be anything happening in the next two episodes before the season ends that will change her mind about leaving the town. Definitely not. Anyway, in the jail cell, Rumpel shows up to taunt Selena. Like... Yeah, he's like, hey... Guess who's here to murder you? And Selena's like, Regina didn't want me to die, and she is the dagger. And Rumble's like, not exactly. She gave it to Belle. And, and Selena says, Does Belle want me to die? And that had me wondering, I know that you can stop him from doing something if you directly tell him not to when you're holding the dagger, but doesn't he still have free will outside of direct commands? Yeah, I mean, she's just said, please don't kill Zelina. Like, it wasn't a command. She asked him not to. But even if she even if she was wielding the real dagger, just because she doesn't want Zelina dead, as long as she doesn't directly say don't kill Zelina. Yeah. He can still kill, he can still kill Zelina. Anyway, he shows off to her and to us that he still has the dagger. And he talks about the sleight of hand, which he learned from his father. The sleight of hand, which was called Find the Lady. And I was like, oh, it's more shadowing about the fact that Zelina's not really about to die. Mm-hmm. Except she is. Yeah. Never coming back. Gone forever. Because it's, what time is it? It's stabbing time. Yeah. And she's like, you can't stab me. I don't have a magic anymore. And he's like, that makes it really easy to stab you. Yeah. And she's like, but why? And he's like, you killed my son. Like, very short time ago. Anyway, he stabs her, and that causes her to turn to porcelain and then shatter. And uh, then he just sort of walks out. Uh, So, yep, Selena's dead. And Rumple is three for three at this point. At this point. Yeah. Anyway, the, the porcelain shards turn to some sort of green dust and fly off. And then we see the pendant in the vault turn to green smoke and fly off, where it goes to the sigil and activates it. So now there's a time hole. In the middle of your town. It's not what you want. No. Don't want a time hole in the middle of your town. That's just asking for trouble. That's a major, that's a major uh, infrastructure issue. 
Nobody likes a time hole. That is accurate. Anyway, uh, next episode, we'll deal with the time hole. So, although uh, Zelina is, of course, now dead forever. Dead forever. If she were to be brought back, there is a lot more foreshadowing than I thought, especially in that last bit. I mean, yeah, same, same here. You can see the pendant as a phylactery. It doesn't make any potential resurrection that may have happened, but definitely didn't make sense. Like, well, like I said, they're leaving the door open. It's just the thing that comes through that door is stupid. The thing that would have come through that door, but definitely didn't because Zelina is dead forever. Anyway. This uh, is such a good episode. Okay, I know I talked a lot of trash the last hour or so, but the episode itself is great. The stuff that pissed me off is stuff that happened before or will happen in the future. This episode I really enjoyed. Yeah. God, we're we're just on a run of genuinely good episodes. And Okay, the next two episodes are Time Travel 2-Parter, and I adore Time Travel. Plus Star Wars references. Oh, oh God. I can't wait. We're going to, I mean, we're going to release the episodes one at a time, but we're going to double record them and I'm so excited to talk about them. We're going to just spend so many hours this weekend talking about time travel and once upon a time. Yeah, we considered recording, since it's one big story, we considered recording it as one giant episode, but we, we love you and we don't want... You to, we don't want to subject you to a four to four straight hours of us talking about. Yeah, nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Although, if you do want longer bits of us talking, that are way more awkward, and also have some terrible jokes that have been cut out for for the benefit of most of our listeners, um, we do have a page with our raw episodes available to our Patreon subscribers. So there is that. Yeah, there are jokes that we thought were too inappropriate for this show, which kind of tells you something considering the material that actually makes it on here. Also jokes that I just felt like were too stupid. I feel like I'm the only person who cuts out jokes that I think are too stupid. Yeah, no, I keep stupid jokes in. You can tell the difference between a Max edited episode and a Tina edited episode. It's probably true. Um, Okay, I'm glad we talked about Patreon just now because we don't really have any segments this week. Yeah, Henry has his memories back, and there's really not any significant outfits. Well, there weren't any outfits that we hadn't seen before, because this episode took place all... This episode took place continuously with the one before, so Regina's wearing her same red dress. Zelina's wearing outfits we've seen before. Although I did like her final boss outfit, because it seemed like kind of a blend of her civilian storybook outfit and her evil queen thing. It was this very, like, short-cut black outfit. I felt like it was a dress we'd seen before. It had a it had a curlicue collar, and, you know... Well, I really liked the layering in it. It was lots of short layers of black clothes, which I felt worked. But, yeah, there wasn't really anything new. I mean, Dorothy's wearing a blue gingham dress, guys. Shocker. I mean... We can talk about the shoes, which should be silver. I think they were silver, and she was just standing on gold, because she was standing on the... I think you're right. I definitely thought that when we saw them in the previous episode, but they looked real gold in this lighting. Oh, yeah. I think you're right. I think they're just silver with standing in the very, very goldly lit set that she's in. So uh, I've got a thing for our inconsistent segment that does exist, though. What segment is that? Uh, the Our MVP extras. 
And oh, I totally forgot about our MVP extras. Yeah, it's because it's our most inconsistent. Uh, so far, we've had the incredibly bored-looking child in Cora's village. Uh-huh. We've had uh, the guy who looked like Sam from Supernatural, who was awkwardly maneuvering around uh, Zelina when she was in the diner. That punk girl. Yeah, that punk girl from the Giant and Storybrooke episode. And I'm nominating the uh, two non-Glinda witches. Okay, one of them does have a couple of lines. I'm nominating the Good Witch of the North. Okay, I mean, it's great that she's there, but I feel like I feel like she's got too much of a part to be declared. And if anything, she's a featured extra. I feel she's... like a featured extra is is. Uh, she's basically a part of the scenery. The other two witches don't get to do anything in this. Wow, that is so sad and true. I mean, they pass cookies. That's the most active part of this. Okay, retracted. Yes, definitely. Though, I, I almost said Wicked Witch. The Witch of the North. Definitely. Yes. MVP extra. So, I guess that's it for, uh, this is it for Sororicide. Oh, well, I mean, the, the next two episodes are Sororicide epilogue. Yes. But... If you like the show, please help us out by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. It helps other people find us. If you want to talk about this episode, head over to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash I Love Television Zines. If you have a question or comment, send us an email at I Love Television Zines at gmail.com or tweet at us at I Love TV Zines. You can find past episodes or donate to our Patreon at our website, I Love Television Zines.com. So until next time, I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And this has been Welcome to Storybrooke.